the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. And now, it's the Rob Black Podcast. You can hear Rob live every weekday morning from 10 to noon on 910 AM and Talk910.com. Let's see some headline news. Get this. Tomorrow is primary day in 10 states, including our very own California. Three Republicans are vying to face 30-year Senate veteran Barbara Boxer. She's been in the Senate for 30 years. we got to get rid of her. They're all former Hewlett-Packard. No, no, they are former Hewlett-Packard CEO Carly Fiorina. Former five-year Congressman Tom Campbell and State Assembly member Chuck DeVore. We asked Fox Chiefs political correspondent Carl Cameron who Boxer would most like to see win the race. She'd prefer to go up against Chuck DeVore. He's to the right of his party in that state. And that would be who Barbara Boxer would love to run against because you would set up this sort of polarized race of right-left extremes. In all likelihood, Carly Fiorina, if she pulls it out, would make the toughest candidate against Boxer because don't overlook the obvious. It's a woman against a woman. Yeah, I guess so. So are you going to vote on tomorrow's primary? I'd be interested to hear your feedback on that. Um, Democrats tend not to come out when they're in power. Republicans tend not to come out when they're in power. And right now, Democrats are in power. So the primary, eh, people are apathetic on the Democrat side of the fence. I would imagine that Heidi's not going to vote in the the governor, Democrat governor choice. She's the, the show Democrat. She'll vote Democrat no matter what till the day she dies. Um, so says she. But uh, I can't imagine it's a big turnout tomorrow, even for the Republicans. The Republicans are a little bit more polarized because they see Congress being controlled at this point in time by Democrats, and they don't like it. They want to fight it as best they can. Uh, long story short, tomorrow we also are going to vote for a Republican gubernatorial primary. Other states holding primaries include Nevada, Arkansas, and New Jersey. And, and what I'm going to get out of that from a Wall Street perspective is how angry are we at the Democratic power? For instance, right now, Visa got some regulation tied towards debit cards recently that's hurt the stock. If it stays a Democrat-controlled Congress, there's a chance that that regulatory action will go against not just their debit cards, but maybe their credit cards, too. And then the stock's not worth owning. So if Republicans look like they're going to sway or swoon into power, maybe I go Visa looks a little bit more attractive. Now, they're not going to get power. No way. But can they get gridlock? I love gridlock. I used to say that I love gridlock, and now as I'm getting older, I'm starting to say that sounds kind of stupid. What I like about gridlock is not as much gets done. And if we could have had gridlock, say, in the last quarter, in the last two years, maybe we wouldn't get a trillion-dollar stimulus plan. Maybe we wouldn't get a trillion-dollar health care plan. Now, again, that stimulus plan, does it feel like we really spent a trillion? Does it really feel like we got our money's worth on that? I would guess most of you would say... Probably not terribly well spent. We created a lot of government jobs, and we're angry at government jobs. We're angry because the pensions that are tied towards them. So we need private jobs. We need to, say, small companies hire people because the private people, they pay for the public employees, the government employees. They pay their salaries. Those come out of tax dollars. So anyway, you get where I'm falling on this one. 
I want to see job creation growth and or on some level I want to see some um, nothing get done. Gridlock's fine with me unless at some point in time some Democrat or some Republican gets serious about slashing deficit spending. I don't know if we're ever going to get there in my lifetime. Next up, a dramatic turnaround. World Airlines are predicted to post profits this year. Airlines posting profits this year. Last year they didn't. What does that mean for the stocks? I'll tell you right after Fox News Radio's Alistair Wanklin reports from London. The World Airlines body revising its forecast of a near three billion buck loss to two and a half billion dollars profit this year. That's across all airlines, although those in Europe will likely still report a loss, thanks mainly to the volcano ash disruption a month ago. But the International Air Transport Association is warning, too, of overcapacity. Airlines are buying or renting more than 800 additional planes this year. And at current rates of demand, many of those may be flying empty. In London, Alistair Wanklin, Fox News Radio. So companies that last year are losing money and this year are making money tend to be pretty good investments. With that said... With that said, me's got no interest. Me's got no interest in investing in airlines. I just don't like the cost structures. Uh, they're getting better. I just don't find them to be investments. I find them made be to be trades. I see that Heidi has put on headphones, which typically means she wants to comment on something. I can't imagine that she wants to comment on airlines, but maybe she does. No, I don't. Um, but what I will ask is, are you planning on voting in the primary election? Um, yes. Me too. Really, you are? Yeah. So I have guilt if I don't. I have guilty feelings if I don't. That's interesting. Like like Catholic guilt? A little bit. Like shame? Like I'm not doing my, you know, citizen responsibility. I'm not being a good citizen. Have you been to any prop parties? Any what? Prop parties? No. I mean, I'm not. No. Are you going to educate yourself on the props or just read them while you're in there? No, I already went through my my pamphlet or whatever, whatever they call those things, the big kind of thick newsprinty type book. Um, I went through that um, on Sunday and decided, you know, I wrote down next to each one whether I was going to vote yes or no. And then I'll take that to the um, to my polling place. If I were to give you a dollar, would you vote no on 14? Which one is 14 again? Remind me. Utilities one. No, I thought that was 16. Maybe it's 16. Um, I will be voting no on 16. If I were to give you, okay, okay. If I were to give you a dollar, would you vote yes on 16? No. So you, I can't sway your vote with a dollar. No, maybe with a hundred dollars. How about two dollars? Nope. Okay, let's move forward. She can't be bought. I will say this: my vote could be bought for a dollar. If anyone wants to me to vote their direction, one dollar. Elsewhere, hundreds turn out in the French Quarter of New Orleans. Have you ever been to the French Quarter of New Orleans? Gorgeous, wonderful, lovely. Didn't get affected by the hurricane. Um, ultimately, hundreds are turning out to support the drowning seafood industry. The first annual Louisiana Oyster Festival brought live jazz and fresh oysters to the masses. The oil spill in the Gulf of Mexico forced the closure of five of Louisiana's 16 oyster beds. Monica Pierre is a spokesperson for the Oyster Fest. You're going to love her accent. Get ready for it, seafood lovers. People come here for the oysters. People who live here love the oysters. And we cannot imagine a life without our wonderful oysters. I don't know what that living would be. wouldn't be living at all. With life without oysters is like not living at all. Well, okay, I think she's being a little bit on the dramatic side. I appreciate her effort. Oysters are nasty, slimy, gross, and I gag on them anytime I touch them. They're not sexy. They're not lovely. They're kind of slimy. And is that a southern thing to to say oysters. I'm not speaking for the South. Just do you know, how do you say it? 
Oysters. Oysters, exactly. Okay. Oysters. But then again, I say butter. I use both T's when I enunciate syllable. When I enunciate, you do tend to enunciate very Peter, clearly. Peter patter. Anyway, um. So anyway, oysters. Um. I, I like that story in the sense that they're doing something about it. Um. I feel bad. I really, really feel bad for the, the coastal, coastal area. Because again, this BP oil spill and BP's not going to pay for housing damages. It is so big. It's going to hit real estate prices. It's, I mean, that's something you don't even think about. Now, this sounds like a Fox TV show, this next story, and it well could be. New information starting to emerge about two New Jersey men accused of plotting to kill American troops. Fox News Radio's Todd Starnes reports. Mohammed Alisa and Carlos Almonte were do-it-yourself terrorists. The New Jersey men downloading speeches from Osama bin Laden, watching online videos of armed militants even hitting the gym. One of the men saying stronger muscles meant bigger muscles, which meant killing more non-Muslims. The feds had both men under surveillance since 2006, arrested over the weekend at JFK International Airport, apparently on their way to Somalia, where they planned on killing as many American soldiers as possible. In New York, Todd Starnes, Fox News Radio. When I hear stories like that, if you're ever going to fight against the country, the government of the United States, if I were elected mayor of San Carlos, I would put that person to death. I, I just, I don't know. That's what we don't need right now. We don't need more violence in any way, shape, or form. We don't need it as a nation. We don't need it as cities. We don't need it in any way, shape, or form. Next up, storms tore through the Midwest town over the weekend. In the Midwest, the worst destruction was reserved for a 100-yard-wide, 7-mile strip southeast of Toledo. It left littered Sunday with wrecked vehicles, splintered wood, family possessions, heavy rain, flash floods, damaged dozens of zones in the southeast Michigan. Residents in the town of Westland, Michigan, said they woke up to a foot of water in their basements. It's not like it's just rainwater. It's actually like I saw toilet paper like floating around. So it's like I feel like I'm covered in E. coli. <laughs> Nothing better than feeling like you're covered in E. coli. Have you ever had a scrub or no, no. Okay, that's disgusting. Um, basic story there is insurance. You never know when something horrible. Is, you never know when you're going to wake up with a foot of water in your, your basement. You never, never, never know. Next up, turns out that a certain situation might keep you and your kids clean and sober without even realizing it. Fox News Radio's Colleen Capona has the details in today's House Call for Health. Having a special someone could be doing more for your body than just making your heart beat fast. A new study finds that young people who are in a romantic relationship in the two years following high school are less likely to engage in heavy drinking or smoking marijuana. The findings build on past research that marriage also has a protective effect against drug and alcohol abuse. For more on this story, visit foxnewshealth.com. House Call for Health, I'm Colleen Capon, Fox News Radio. That story has to be bogus. Are you telling me that marriage cuts down on marijuana smoking and drinking? I found it to be quite the opposite. We're going to do the contest for the 19-inch monitor from Geeks on Call. The 19-inch monitor from Geeks on Call. It looks like 21, but it's only 19 inches. Uh, coming up right after the break, we're going to give out the keyword. You're going to need the keyword. You're going to then go to talk910.com, punch it in, talk910.com. Um, every one of you, I want you to do this throughout the day. 800-345-5639, phone call to get your calls in the air. Coming up, though, the contest. It's Rob Black for your money. 910. And your money. 1 800 345 5639. 9 10 a.m. More stimulating talk. 
Let's do the contest. Talk910.com. Talk910.com is where you're going to have to go. You're going to have a chance to be the winner of the day if you punch in this word at Talk910.com under Rob Black. Under contest. You have to punch in the word. We'll pick a winner today. We'll notify you. And then on Friday, you'll be one of four winners who has a chance to win a 19-inch monitor brought to you by Geeks on Call. So go to Talk910.com right now and punch in the word. Punch in the two words. Stock market. Again, for those of you, it's stock market. Not stock is in celery stock. Stock market. Go to talk910.com right now. Okay, real quick. Um, school furloughs. This is a, in today's crap newspaper called the San Francisco Examiner. They're a crap newspaper until they write a glowing, lovingly review of me and my show, which so far hasn't happened. The only person who's ever written a glowing and loving ref- story, well, Smart Money did many years ago, back when I had a national show. Bloomberg did many years ago when I had a national show. But the only one on the local level, Brad Keva out of the San Jose Mercury News, out of the Merc, friend of the show. He sent me a nice email about two years ago, and I just never got to it. I know you're saying, Rob, you're busy with emails. Yes, I am. Anyway, um, so in this San Francisco Examiner, uh, there's a story today about school furloughs being four longer weekends. Next year, in a, instead of cutting costs, instead of raising taxes, they said, let's shut down four more days of school. Now, that's got some ramifications due to itself. Teachers get paid, don't get paid for that day. On top of that, students need to have some sort of babysitting or home care, maybe. Yes, no, maybe so. Maybe they'll stay at home and make babies. I don't know. What's the thought is there? But Superintendent Carlos Garcia has said time and time again, there's no possible way to remedy the shortfall without impacting students. You know what I would do? One thing that we need to do as a nation, we need to look at the superintendent situation. Superintendents get $300,000 a year in salary. That's the craziest thing I've ever heard in my life. You know, in these superintendents, their qualifications, next to nothing. Basically, high school dropouts, high school graduates, flunkies. Flunkies who said, you know, college's not it for me. I don't want that degree, but how can I find a high-paying job? So they go after superintendents. It's the most repulsive part of our political system. Repulsive. I'm going to run for superintendent one day when I'm done with radio and television. I'll, I'll do a salary of 10 bucks a year. Give me gas money. And I'll do a better job because I'll actually not be doing it as a job. I'll be doing it because I care about the community. Holy mackerel. Let's go to Colton in San Diego. Rob, how are you? I'm good. How's San Diego? It's not bad. It's not bad at all. The women good? The sun good? The the, the, the brewskis okay? <laughs> all of the above. Good, good, good. Life's good in San Diego. I've always liked San Diego. Hey, I was calling to see if you had any recommendations. I currently have a, a Roth, a SEP, and I work. I'm a W-2 employee as well. And I'm maxing out the Roth, maxing out the SEP to the, uh, the most that I can. And I was wondering if, if there's anything else that, out there that I can be using to maybe get some tax deferred growth or, you know, rather than just a taxable straight brokerage account. Sure. Um, are you married? Yes. Do you have any babies? Yes. Um, so make sure you fund the 529 plan. It's funded partially. Okay. okay. I'd consider funding that next. Um, at that point in time, I would consider one of two options. Uh, one, I would consider a, a high quality annuity from Vanguard or Fidelity. Notice that I didn't say John Hancock or insurance companies. 
um, I said, for Vanguard or Fidelity. And I would consider that to be the safest part of your investments going forward forevermore, Colton. I would look at that as your bond equivalent. Um, if not that, I would consider something like California Muni Go Bond, where you can get a 5% yield, that real rate of returns almost 7.5%, which ain't bad in this type of environment. Um, it's got some government stimulus uh, backing, so it's a little bit safer than you would imagine just the state of California is. So, so you'd recommend doing the geo bonds from a fund rather than buying oh, No, no, I, I don't like funds. Um, bond funds in a higher interest rate environment are horrific. I would find uh, a broker who does um, bonds, or I would go with a specialist in bonds, a, a pure bond broker, if you can't find a stock broker that can give you a list. Most stock brokers, if you're using like Charles Schwab, you can call them up and say, I'd like a, a copy of all the municipal bonds or AAA rated bonds or AA rated bonds, and they'll get a, get a list out to you. All right. So that's probably what I would do. Thanks for calling in from um, San Diego, Colton. Great. Thanks so much. So please call in again because uh, I like the outside the Bay Area. I think this show can go national. And get this. I have to give a, a business proposal to my boss, Little Ricky from New York. And um, part of it's going to be I want to syndicate the show, and also I want to move it from this time slot to 3 to 7. And he doesn't know that I want to syndicate the show yet, so boom, just drop a bomb on him like Nagasaki and Hiroshima. Um, but I also have to keep it relevant, and I have to keep it delivering to expectations. So afternoon shows tend to have sports and stuff like that. that I think I can pull this off. I may need I may need to call on a, a, a summit of listeners, uh, maybe a round table of ten to help me figure it out. Because I asked Heidi, I was like, "Hey Heidi, how would you program a three to seven show?" And she's like, "Yeah, I'd keep it the same." So she put about all of three minutes of thought into it. Yeah, I'd keep it the same. So I may have to call on you, the listeners, for a, a global summit on how to change the show to make it more uh, drive time friendly. Let's go to Sean in New York. Sean. Hey Rob, how you doing? Good. Now where in New York are you? Okay, I well, I live in Far Rockaway, but I'm, I work in Manhattan, and I love listening. Oh, you told me not to say that if I want to be a good call, I'm not supposed to tell you I love your show, et cetera, right? So I should get right to the call, right? Absolutely, but you're in New York, so you're unique and you're different. Okay, fine. I just want to make sure. I don't want to break the rules here. Okay, now we, we, we're we digging the New York accent out in California. Um, are, okay. you, <laughs> are you a Yankee fan, Met fan? No, I'm a Met fan, first of all, and we have emailed each other. I'm the guy, I'm the Islander fan? Yep. Uh, okay, so first of all, I wanted to, if you don't mind, I want to talk about the the sharks a little bit. Okay, we can talk a little sharks hockey. So now let me just, give the, uh, just, let me give a little background. Sorry, on go you. ahead. You're basically a Long Island boy in the sense of you like the Islanders. Um, the Islanders very blue collar hockey. You and I exchanged some emails, and I told you how I went to the game, and Dale Hunter did a cheap shot on Pierre Turgeon, and I was the only Capital fan there, and an Islander fan said, "I'm going to knock your eye out, and your eye is going to be on the on the ice rolling around." Like it's a tough crowd. Well, you know, you, you got me. It was sort of a very, very tense moment over there, especially I, I think you should picture, you know, paint the picture a little better about the cheap shot that happened, that it hardly ever happens. I mean, there are cheap shots, but that type of cheap shot was just outrageous. It was after a game seven or game six in the Capitals. game six. Game six. I incorrectly said in game seven in the email, and you corrected me then, and you corrected me now. That's another rule. That's another rule. Don't brown nose me and never, ever correct me. Um, okay, sorry. But the game was over. The series was over. The clock had wound down to basically three seconds left. There was no chance, and Dale Hunter basically skates eh, a quarter way around the ice and just hits the guy into the boards from blindsiding him without the guy even seeing the After outcome. scoring a goal, the play was over. Okay, okay, but it was frustration. I get it. <laughs> Dale Hunter was a captain. He was a legendary player. One mistake shouldn't mar a career. 
I tell you one thing, he's definitely legendary on the island, I'll tell you that. He was known as Big Game Hunter in my neck of the woods. Uh-huh. I hear. Well, I was going to give you some solace for the Sharks because I was definitely pulling for them. And just to give you some Islander history about how, you know, like the, you know, the Islanders, I don't know if you know, in 78 choked against Toronto in the quarterfinals. And then in 79, we lost, you know, four games to two in the semis to, like, the hated Rangers. So, you know, like, at that point, they were thinking of dismantling the team. They were things that, but they kept the team the same and they, you know, and, and they got the obviously Butch Gore, you may remember my, I don't know. Sure. You may remember him, but he was like sort of the final piece of the puzzle. And obviously, you know, his, you know, legend takes after that, and they won the cup. So, like, you know, you take your bumps along the road, and sometimes, you know, you get labeled as chokers, et cetera. But hopefully, like, you know, with your sh- you know, like the Islanders, the Sharks will, you know, rebound well. Well, you're lucky that you, you're lucky that you're, year. you're lucky, Sean, that you have the Islanders because your Mets not so good. I'm not even going to go there. But let's give the Islanders even more props real quickly because at one point, didn't they win, was it four or was it five Stanley Cups in a row, which is unheard They were four, if you don't mind me giving props to the Islanders, they won four in a row, but not only did they win four in a row, the, the next year they went to the fifth Stanley Cup where unfortunately they lost to the Edmonton Oilers in 84, but they won 19 series in a row, which I believe is a feat that hasn't been repeated. Yeah, that's, that's stunning. That's impressive. I, I tip of the hat. So, um, uh, again, you know, I was pulling for the Sharks for you over there. And, uh, you know, hopefully next year, you know, unless, you know, they meet the Islanders, which I doubt because the Islanders have also had pretty bad history the past uh, decade and a half. And it's funny, you were just talking, the only reason why I called also is because, you know, you were talking about, you know, in terms of putting money into a 401K as opposed to, you know, prepay mortgage. And I, back in the early 90s, and obviously that, that'll be a sign of why I'm kicking my head about this, I got some bad, not bad advice, but he may, he, obviously the person was well-meaning when I was first starting to work. And they mentioned that, you know, why don't you prepay your mortgage? I said, well, you know, I have a 401K, maybe I should put it in there. The guy goes, no, no, prepay, you know, your mortgage. Obviously I've, I've refinanced anyway, you know, in, in the mid and late 90s, and I don't have to tell, I guess, you, you know, what would have been if I, at least in the early 90s I would have started putting money in a 401K then. Absolutely. Uh, greatest decade ever of investing from the 92 to 2000. So you messed it up a little bit, Sean, but it, it's also safe money. I mean, you did okay with it, so don't beat yourself up too much. Thank you so much for the call. I would let you be a weekly caller if you want to be a weekly caller because I dig the New York accent and I miss the East Coast so much, Sean. Thanks for the call. Thank you. 800-345-5639. It's 800 Five six three nine. Look at your clocks. I only go up to twenty seven past the hour. I went to twenty nine because I'm digging me some Shawnee's Coast love. Eight hundred three four five five six three nine to get your calls in the air. Coming up, I got some business talk for you. There's some good stories out there today that I just haven't been able to get to. It's Rob Black and your Monday night ten a.m. More stimulating talk. This is Rob Black and your money on nine ten a.m. More stimulating talk. And now it's business time. Yeah. Business story out there today. There's a big rumor that Comcast, publicly traded company, would be interested in picking up TiVo. That one makes a ton of sense. Ton of sense. Because Comcast is in a, a very problematic scenario right now that people who are under the age of 30 are saying, screw you, $120 cable bill. I can get everything that you give me online for almost nothing. So a company that goes online 
TiVo goes online, Boxy goes online, Roku goes online. I think that story makes, I'm not going to say a world of sense, but enough that at least I'm going to um, not deny it, you know, not ignore it in any way, shape, or form. Other stories and business news out there today include Chrysler recalling 600,000 vehicles. Get this, doors that could catch fire, brakes that could fail, accelerators that can stick. Accelerators that can stick. That sounds like a Toyota issue, but nope. Chrysler's going to recall 600,000 vehicles, including five models in the United States. This is 284,000 Chrysler town and county minivans. Town and country minivans. Dodge Grand Caravan minivans. Chrysler Jeep Wranglers, typically 2007 to 8, 9, and 10. Those are the models that you want to look at. And Dodge Caliber and Jeep Compass vehicles. So, obviously, if you've got a Chrysler vehicle or a Dodge, um, check it out. Because you may have a big old recall on you that could save your life. Coca-Cola, in a $715 million distribution pack with Dr. Pepper, Coca-Cola is going to pay $715 million to distribute drinks from Dr. Pepper Snapple. They had reached an earlier agreement, and this is you know slightly better than the arrangement with PepsiCo. Dr. Pepper Snapple, they already have a distribution agreement out there. Um, so this is just a way of companies like Coca-Cola and Pepsi, a lot of what they have isn't just the product but the ability to deliver that product to stores worldwide. It's like I can have the the cure for cancer, but if I can't get that in people's hands who have cancer, what good am I? So I would probably have to partner with someone like a Merck or a Pfizer or Bristol-Myers or Eli Lilly or someone like that. Now, if I truly had the cure for cancer, then I'd get the funding to come up with a distribution network. But distribution networks are just as important as products sometimes. Next up in the world of business time, Prime Minister David Cameron. Who's David Cameron? He's the Prime Minister of the UK. Britain's financial uh, situation is even worse than he had thought. And what he's saying is, and by the way, he's not the Prime Minister of the UK. He's just the Prime Minister of Britain. I should correct myself before other people correct me, and I hate you all who correct me. So anyway, he he, he had a grim-faced speech. He said the decisions we make are going to affect every single person in our country, and the effects of these decisions will stay with us for years. He says that at more than 11%, Britain's budget deficit was the largest ever faced by the country in priest time. He said the structural deficit was even more worrisome. He says Britain owes a total of more than $1.1 trillion, and in five years we will owe nearly double that if nothing's done now. So as a leader of the government, he's a part of a conservative coalition to say the least, uh, he's basically wagging his fingers and saying, you know, We're not going to repeat the 90s with Margaret Thatcher, but screw this liberal stuff where we've spent way too much on the public and not enough on the private. And the the spending was reckless. He says labor's legacy is, is, is too much. We can't continue it. Nothing illustrates better the total irresponsibility of the last government's approach than the fact that they kept ratcheting up unaffordable government spending even while the economy was shrinking. Ain't that true? Hallelujah. We look at the United States and... You can spend your way out of a recession. There's no doubt about it. But there's a good way of spending your way out of it, and there's a bad way. And I dig what he's trying to say. Now, again, he's not going to get reelected. You don't get reelected saying, I'm going to slash programs. You don't. You don't, you don't, you don't, you don't. So, with that said, I got, he's got some cojones. He is officially my alpha politician of the week. Let's go to John in Mill Valley. John, how are you? Hi. Yeah, what do you think of these uh, legal ads, LegalZoom.com, to get a will and a, a living trust? I think it makes an enormous amount of sense for simple legal work. 
not so much for living trusts, but for simple wills. Let's say you and your wife get married and you're under the age of 15. You don't really have that much. Uh, and it's not that complicated. Like if she brought three kids in the relationship who have two grandchildren and you brought four kids in the relationship who have uh, they've intermarried and they've they've now created a new breed of inbreed superheroes, then that's pretty complicated. And at that point in time, I would use an attorney to do a will. Yeah, no, it's just a simple thing. No kids involved. Nothing complicated. Just a. Yep. I, I think these are more than appropriate, at least to get started. Um, as you age, you're going to want to turn it over to someone a little bit more appropriate. But um, there's nothing wrong with LegalZoom in any way, shape, or form. I highly endorse. Um, a will is a pretty easy document to prepare. You can buy software that does a similar product. I think LegalZoom has better eyeballs than, say, a piece of software does. Uh, but I, I, I have no problem with it in any way, shape, or form, as long as you're in a simple scenario. So the living trust, you wouldn't do it through LegalZoom? Um, it depends on how simple of a living trust you're talking about. I think living trusts are a little bit more complicated financial products than wills are, and you have to make sure that you retitle those assets on a regular basis, John. And in five years, when you look at your living trust, as, as living trust laws and wills and estate planning laws change, uh, you may turn that over to an attorney who's going to laugh at you and say, you know what, I'm going to charge you, you know, more to create the original document because this original document's not worth updating. Okay, thank you very much. Thanks for the call. Now let's go over some of the, the headlines that are coming out of Steve Jobs in the Worldwide Developer Conference. He said out of the gate that he sold one iPad every three seconds. He's selling one iPad every three seconds. He says that in the first 65 days, iPad users have downloaded 5 million books. That's basically a shot at Amazon. He said that uh, new iBook software coming out at the end of the month. He said there's over 225,000 apps on the iApp Store. He said eBay did $600 million last year in revenue alone off the eBay Apple app. He thinks they're going to do $2 billion this year. Netflix is coming this summer for the iPhone. That's huge. Uh, Netflix stock up 3 bucks on this news. He said 5 billion apps have been downloaded from the App Store. He said the iPhone 4, ta-da, here it is. It's 24% thinner than the previous iPhone. The camera's got an LED flash. So we get flash cameras now on, we get flash on our cameras. Cool. It's got a micro-SIM tray. The iPhone 4 has a retina display, which increases pixel density by about four times. So the screen looks gorgeous. Um, the iPhone 4 is going to be powered by the A4 chip. Now, some of the new news that has come out since this about an hour ago is the iPhone 4 has 40% more talk time. Battery lasts longer. It's got 32 gigs of storage. It's got a gyroscope for motion sensing and gaming. The iPhone 4 has a new camera system, 5-megapixel camera, backside sensor, LED flash. The iPhone 4 camera records high-definition video. That's crazy. Camera's a high-definition camera. That's cool. He's unveiled an a operating system for mobile that's got multitasking. It's got folders. So it's basically everything that we expected it. It's um, adding Bing to search preferences. What's up with that? Apple's making a partnership with Microsoft's Bing for search preferences. That's a big old middle finger right at Google. And Apple, they said that 60% of iAd revenue go to the developers. So if I develop an, uh, uh, an app where it's going to be, you know, Rob Black video, and I were to sell commercials into it, I get 60% of the commercial. So the video chat, he's got video chat on the iPhone, and he's demoing it as we speak. It says the iPhone 4 on AT&T, it's going to be $199 for a 16-gigabyte model, $299 for the 32-gigabyte model. And you're up to date with business news. 
And with Apple, new product, WWDC launching event as well. It's Rob Black and Your Money, 910 AM, 800-345-5639, 800-345-5639. Rob Black and Your Money, 910 AM, more stimulating talk. Oh, yeah. It's business time. It's business time. Money grew on trees, he'd be the fertilizer. He's Rob Black on 910 AM. More stimulating talk. I did some yard work this weekend with my shirt off. Put some fertilizer on the grass, if you know what I'm saying. Because I'm a man's man. I just want you to think about that on occasion. I'm not one of those girly San Francisco men who gets his nails and a, a mani and a pedi. Okay, I've had a pedicure before, but not in the last five years. So I'm a man's man. I just want you to remember that on occasion. Movies. Let's talk a little movies, and I'm going to get some stock tips very quickly here. This is going to be a fast segment, so put your seatbelt on. Don't even bother calling, because I'm going to deliver to expectations here. Sticker shock. There's a movie theater in There's a movie theater in Southern California that on Fridays and Saturdays and Sundays, they're now charging peak time prices. And we all know if you go to a matinee before, say, 2, you get a discount, right? So they're, they're adding the opposite onto it. You get to pick your own seat. There's some positives to it. So there's, you know, some, some kicks here. Now, you have to wonder about this pricing strategy on a subway. You spend more money to drive prime time than you do off time. Peak time, parking meters, we understand, when there's no one parking there, we understand the discount. So why shouldn't Hollywood do the same exact thing? Now, here's the problem is that, you know, a theater operator has to be afraid out of their mind that I'm just going to get the movie on DVD and never come to them again except for the popcorn. That's the problem. I think peak time viewing is insulting. I think no movie in the world is worth 16 bucks to see. No movie. So any way, shape, or form. And just to prove my point on that, all you have to do is take a look at what happened this weekend. Um, Shrek was the, in first place again. The comedies Get Him to the Greek and Killers, they had okay starts, but they were the lowest grosses since the you know beginning of, of May. So this is pretty bad. The movie Splice, which we've seen nonstop advertisements for, came in an eighth $7.5 million. That's pathetic. Marmaduke. Marmaduke pulled in, you know, at least $11 million. Sex in the City pulled in another $12 million. They've pulled in $45 million overseas. Overall, uh, $73 million in the United States internationally, about $90 million. Prince of Persia, $13 million on its second weekend, down 54%. That's got to be the flop of the summer so far. Killers. Um, I'm trying to even think if I care. An Ashton Kutcher movie? I don't. It opened at 16.1 million. Get him to the Greek, 17 million, which is a pretty good opening for a, not a cast of nobodies, but a relatively cheap cast. Shrek Forever after pulled in 25 million more. It's down 42%. Domestically, it's pulled in 183 million dollars. That's stunning to me, and that's considered a, a pretty massive flop. Now, uh, elsewhere out there, DVD sales are down, but you know where DVD sales are up? TV shows. It's interesting. Shows like Glee, whereas people missed the first season, now they're catching up in the second season. They're feeling a little bit more love about it. And 
feeling a little bit better, all things considered. Let's do a quick MTV Movie Award clip. Now, part of my job on the show is to, to cue Heidi, um, to let her know when a clip is coming. So here it is, Heidi. The clip is coming. Sandra Bullock, she was kissing and telling at the MTV Movie Awards. Fox News Radio, Sal Giangrasso reports. Sandra Bullock got a standing ovation as she accepted the MTV Generation Award in her first live televised appearance since she split with unfaithful husband Jesse James earlier this year. Number one, I am not dead. (laughs) And she closed her acceptance speech with this. I think when we all go to bed tonight, we should think about all the people that are being affected in the Gulf and just say a prayer for them and hope that everything's going to be okay. She also smooched fellow actress Scarlett Johansson, who hinted she wanted to lay one on Bullock, who awkwardly obliged. Sanchi and Grasso, Fox News Radio. Interesting to note about Scarlett Johansson. For some reason, I don't know, maybe I had handcuffs on. Saturday night, I found myself watching Ghost World. And it was on KOFY. And KOFY is, I don't know, it's owned or dominated by or advertiser supported by basically the gay and lesbian community in San Francisco. So they had, you know, a lot of gay and lesbian commentators talk about the movie during the break. I forget the one, the the guy, real famous, uh, dresses as a woman. Oh, it, it slips me. But anyway, I'm watching Ghost World. Scarlett Johansson was in Ghost World. Incredibly frumpy. How she went from incredibly frumpy to pretty darn hot, all things considered, I don't quite get it. But incredibly frumpy in, in Ghost World. Big breasts. But other than that, huge nose, bad hairstyle. Uh, Heidi's put on headphones, which basically means Heidi wants to talk about the outrage of paying 16 bucks for a Sandra Bullock movie and or Scarlett Johansson. Or why was Rob watching KOFY, uh, a weird TV station on Saturday night? I agree. I, I think that um, that is my question. That, that final one that you posed. Why was Rob watching KOFY on a Saturday night? That means he has no life. But that said, what the hell is Ghost World? What is that? It was a movie with Thora Birch and uh, Scarlett Johansson before Scarlett Johansson got really popular. Uh, before the Big in Japan movie that she was in. Um, about you know two high school girls that graduate and want to get an apartment together and... Ultimately, Thor Birch is the dominant lead character, and Scarlett Johansson is just a side character. Um, you know, her friend that they're going to get an apartment together. And it's not ringing a bell. Did it suck? It, no, it was a three-star film, actually. It's uh, considered one of the classics of... Uh, it was kind of like a Napoleon... It was a Napoleon Dynamite before Napoleon Dynamite. It was... Um, Do I need to put that in my Netflix queue? I guess that's what I'm asking. I, I think you would like it by yourself. I think your husband would revolt against you and um, basically vomit on you. All right. So so you, we'll, we're definitely getting it then. <laughs> you like being vomited on? Sounds like a winner. Anyway, um, advertisers are digging the new fall schedule. Remember last year at this time, Jay Leno moved to primetime? And this year he's gone. So a lot of networks are coming back with scripted programs. And advertisers are digging the scripted programs. They don't like the reality shows. So that's a, a small story of note. Other big stories out there, and let me give a, a stock story. Well, Yahoo's rolling out their new Facebook features, and I say ho-hum, ho-hum. So Yahoo's going to roll out ways to connect to Facebook on their properties. Yahoo users will be able to view their Facebook updates from their news feeds on Yahoo. Easier to get in touch with your friends and see what great life they're living. While Rob's watching Thor, Birch, and Scarlett Johansson in Ghost World, you can be on Facebook looking at your friend's stupid dog and the updates about how they might be bored. 
Um, Amazon.com today got an upgrade from Goldman Sachs. Basically, conviction buy. And they raised the price target to 190 bucks from 180 bucks. And Goldman Equity Analyst James Mitchell said he estimates the online retailer's China business could add about a billion dollars per year to the revenue growth starting in 2011, and that China may contribute about 10% of the company's global revenue by 2015. That's pretty good. You know, China's raising their minimum wage right now, 20%, and that means you and I are going to be paying more for our consumer goodies. And it may mean some of the manufacturing goes away from China and goes to other countries that may not have that minimum wage in, in store. But it also means China's going to be able to have their people who are angst-ridden, their 20-somethings and 30-somethings, instead of you know manufacturing for minimum wage, it's going to be minimum wage plus 20%. And when they're not working, maybe they'll go on vacation, maybe they'll buy blue jeans, maybe they'll smoke Marlboros, maybe they'll buy more consumer goods. So that's why Amazon has a play here. So um, so the analyst sees it as $190 stock. I go, eh, not all that exciting. Apple unveiled their new iPhone today. One analyst from McGuire Capital says it's a $325 stock. I tend to agree. I think it's going to trend there. At some point in time, it becomes incredibly expensive. And, yes, you can get multitasking and folders and enhanced email and iBooks and iAd and enterprise features, and you can get a new processor. But at some point in time, the company's worth $250 billion, and they're going to have to sell $250 billion something or they have to I'll get excited and again I own shares of Apple I will put a strong buy for you maybe up to about 300 325 I'm still there I'm with it but after that it's going to take a big buyback for me to get excited some guys like big butts some guys like big boobs I like big buybacks hmm I've um, got a big contest coming up tomorrow giving away a 19 inch monitor from geeks on call Somehow from the first segment of the show to the second segment, it lost two inches. It went from 21 inches to a 19-inch monitor. It's lovely. It's beautiful. It's got a retail value of over $200. And uh, tomorrow at 11.15, Wednesday at 11.15, Thursday at 11.15, and then Friday at 11.15, we're going to be finishing off the contest. But you got to listen and you got to go online. Today's word, I'll give it again because I love you. It's stock market, stock market. Um, And you can go to talk910.com and punch it in right here, right now, until the end of business today, and then your time is out. 800-345-5639 to get your calls on the air. It's 800-345-5639. One analyst is coming out today, and he's saying, I'm giving Ford an underperforming a $10 target. And he's an analyst from Credit Suisse. He says that he currently thinks the estimates for the automakers would require a profit margin that meets or exceeds Ford's all-time highs in the late 1990s. So he thinks the product profile, he thinks the market position, it's going to warrant a lofty profit margin, but not that lofty of a profit margin. Interesting. Hey, I'm taking a break here for the next 22 hours. If you want to be part of my international forum to improve the show so I can move from 3 to 7, give me content that you would like me to do in drive time, let me know, like business of sports or statistics of sports, things that are stock market oriented but a little bit sharper. Send me an email, rob at robblack.com, rob at robblack.com. I love you people. Talk to you tomorrow. So if you want- Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn. 
deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.